Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome to this week in Ross. <laughs> You're listening this, to Let's Drone Out and maybe this week in Kerberos with extra juicy election algorithms. No, not that type of election. Not even. We, we're joined by everyone's favourite. I don't know what Curry. you're doing, Jack. Curry Jack, Kitten. Just to explain to people, Jack's suddenly come on and now he's just pointing. And now he's like waiting, waiting for people to fill in the blanks without any discussion. I don't know. Uh, no, I just, I'm just having fun with it. All right, okay. Hello. Right, let's start again. I am everyone's favourite curry kitten. Everybody Yay. likes me because I'm all their favourites. Yeah. And everyone's favourite man with the moustache. That was my homage to police squad. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Stephen. And I'm right until I fly. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. Uh, Caroline, you were amazing yes, like last time, um, but from a, a liability standpoint, try and uh, <laughs> try and discourage people from building their own batteries. <laughs> you know what you're doing. Don't build I, batteries. I had, eat them. I had an immediate WhatsApp after that from someone saying, I watched the tail end of your show. I'm never building a battery. So someone's learned their lesson from Perfect. watching yeah. that at least. Unless you already feel that building batteries is something you're capable of, do not let us talk you into building batteries. We are no. not a source of advice there. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just from a liability thing and it just goes wrong so quickly. Um like you know and i say that from experience because i had a lot of batteries to play with um yes oh that's the point yeah after the show i've got a premiere i uh, my 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 mate cole anderson he's been editing footage that probably shouldn't have seen the light of day but i don't know afterwards maybe we can hang out have a have a little watch party I don't know whether to stream. Twenty nineteen in the other times. Yes, I know. I was going to drop a note to you when I saw the premiere and say, "A, who does premieres these days? B, we're normally still chatting away at quarter past nine. What, what was your intention here? What are we going to do? Are we all well, going to I mean, go we watch can, Jack's video. We, yeah, I, I, why don't we? You know, if I set up a quick, um, if I set up a quick Patreon thing, maybe we could just sit there and enjoy it together. That's what she said. Yeah. It's like a quick little thing. But yeah, thank you, Richard. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I've been, I've, you know, I've been, I've been trying. I've got all this video footage and I can't, I just can't edit it myself because it's so cringe. 
I just hate my laugh and I'm like, I'm not a very good pilot. I look, feel... at, look at Cole. He's got the thumbnail with a massive close-up on your face and no one ever chooses a massive close-up of their own face unless they've become inured to the, the terrors of YouTube like Curry. Yeah, I do. You might remind me, remember me from this thumbnail or other ones similar. Uh, you manage a slightly different expression each time as well. I know it would be the same horrible gurn if I did it every time. Well, sometimes it's because, oh, man, I forgot to do a thumbnail. Let me find uh, some some clip through it. And generally speaking, you know, if you stop video somewhere, you'll just find yourself look, looking like you're going to pass out like, or, or pulling some weird face. And I was like, or having a stroke. No. Having a stroke, that sort of thing. Happens all the time. Best we can do. Did you see... This has been everywhere lately. The Is that better? Now, Avatar, VRX. Any anybody seen that and was tempted? Saw I it. Was vaguely tempted. It to our news feed, mate. Oh no, I don't look at that. That's on Discord, isn't it? It's t- I've got too you many social to water, networks and things can't to come up it. with. <laughs> um. Anyway, I was going to say, oh, that looks a good deal, other than the fact that my goggles are 640 by 480, so it's not going to really help me, is it? It's like, oh, I can't do, I can't do no, that's And even if you've got the fanciest of fancy goggles and you've got the Sky04X like I've got, which I was well chuffed with, they're, they're still 1280 by 960 at 60 hertz. So that means either I run the low resolution mode, I can't do 1080p, or if I'm in the low-resolution mode, I can't go above 60 hertz. So it's a nice touch, but you are limited. You are not going to get the full ability of the system. You're going to get the light version of Avatar. You Do you maybe think you OLED need the 1080p? I think... Um, I don't think what? you need 1080p. Doesn't DJI run at 720? Yeah, but they do 120 hertz, and HDMI panels... HDMI inputs on every goggle that I've ever seen is 60 One. hertz. HD yeah, one second. Deal about ninety. Yeah, they've done something weird with the um, the uh, sequencing or something, isn't it? Not particularly. It's just a higher refresh signal, mate. And and most goggles mm. only support sixty hertz. So they're going through a scaler onto this onto the displays. But Pink. even if yeah, the, the displays might be good for more than sixty hertz. But the scaler that's in the goggles ain't driving them any faster than sixty hertz. So. 60 hertz is what you get, which has a that's not end of the world, but it basically means you've got a frame queued up that you can't see, and you've got to wait for it to be time for the next frame to come around before the goggles draw you a frame. So I think 16 milliseconds is, is like likely add on, add on delay. And then you've got the fact that it's outside of the goggles, so it's going out into HDMI along a wire and then going through a transceiver out of HDMI and into a frame buffer. Whereas if it's internal to the goggles, it's going straight from the video decoder onto the onto the uh, frame. There buffer. is that. I, I can't necessarily agree with the 60 versus 120 argument because it's hard for me to tell the difference if I play a game in 60 versus 120. I, I, but I, I do get argument, the extra, yeah. extra scalar things back and forth is, is going to... Do you? There's there's not much love for it in the chat. Um, we've got too much crap to hang good off price. your face. Not tempted. It's a good price, price though. If you good. look at it, two hundred bucks. And I I went onto the Avatar site, put in an order, and it comes out about one hundred and ninety UK pounds, 
GBP. Yeah, but um, what about the import costs then? You know, well, I you might just, I've, with never, that. I've never been I've never been stung with anything off Cadex. I'll say that. I think they I think they are including duties or they're they're being lucky. Um and if mm. you look at the individual components there, that mini VTX I think is going for upwards of a hundred. So you're getting that module for basically less than you'd pay for a rapid fire, which is a good deal. There's no arguing about that being a good deal. If it's what if you want to get into HD and you're not worried about latency and you're not worried about the ragged edge of the system's potential, it's a good deal. Mm. Yeah. But, but no one here is doing it. Cadex. Yeah, like the, the the other thing is like Cadex is sat there on its own and you know it's like with with Walksnail and then the HD zero, like is that more of an open source solution, should we say? Are more people making it than just one place? I mean, yes, are they well, gonna keep doing there's it? Still, there's nothing it? truly open source in this, and there's mm. still control through the hardware to a certain extent. It's just you've got more parties able to produce the hardware, but they still have to buy in chips from a single person to do so through HD0. So it's a question of, like, I, I had high hopes for Walksnail because they come from Cadex and they're not DJI, mm, which is a, a good were. start. They yeah. were so in bed with them. They were in bed with them, and then they had a little lover's tiff. And uh, this has happened, but I kind of it's it's I suppose it's still a slightly exciting time to see what's going to happen, because there, there seems to be people really love the the DJI goggles and the stuff, but there still seems to be this general sort of distrust of what might happen in the future. They might pull the plug anytime they feel like it, and they might decide that the next thing's not going to be compatible with the other stuff, and it's like. Ooh. And I still, I still don't like the fact you have to activate things, which just yeah, it seems yeah. a bit rough. That's enough. That's another thing that put me off here because if you get this VRX with Walk Snail, it's still got to be paired to your receiver. So I might have wanted to get a VRX and then upgrade to the full blown goggles later if I liked how the VRX worked, and then I could like give the VRX to my mate or have it rigged up to a monitor or like you know use it in other ways but you've still got to pair them or use audience mode. So in audience mode, you get a bit of a poopy signal compared to the primary device. And, and it's just not as useful. I wouldn't be able to swap between a pair of full walk snail goggles and the VRX. Like if I was out there, I wanted to just carry around my analog goggles with a module on them because they're lighter and then swap to my walk snail goggles if I'm taking my big bag of all the junk. You can't swap between them. You could do that. So there's always like zero, a one-to-one -one no pairing, pairing with these guys. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like with DJI, and that's where HD Zero wins out because it's 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 a dumb system. You're just tuning into a frequency and pulling data off the air. Whereas with this, there's actually a handshake, and, and you're you're linking the quad to a receiver. And once that link is established, you press buttons on both ends. It's like Bluetooth. Those two are, are paired together, and you can listen in on that but you don't get the retransmit data. So you get the kind of crappy image that might include a bunch of garbage on the screen and it doesn't look as nice if, if you run that. And it, it's not really flyable in the audience mode, the non-paired mode. I, I think it's interesting that the split in, in digital seems to come down to 
if you want HD zero, you want low latencies, and you probably want to be racing. And if you want to do freestyle and look really pretty, you want the DJI walks now stuff. Perhaps stuff will change, and we're still waiting, of course, to get the um, HD zero goggles to arrive. I heard someone was investigating other options. Other options are available. Unfortunately, one thing that's not very available are Raspberry Pis these days. I don't know if anybody's tried to buy one lately. If you don't want to pass scalper huge amounts of money, uh, 2023 is, is when it looks good for them. I, I need a, I need a, a Pi Zero 2 at this point. Do any uh, of the clone Pis work, or have they stuck just to the Pis? At the, at the moment, they're saying no, but I don't think they've been heavily tested. I don't know how hardware compatible the the, the clones are. I mean, it's it's generally the same sort of chipset and stuff, but it, do they work exactly the same? Don't know. I, I don't think many people are willing to sort of risk like putting something in the air with it and see how it works. It's a gamble I'm for not, sure. It's bizarre, isn't it? Because I was like looking at all the different coloured pies. There was like a blue one that was made in brazil and the red chinese ones and am i right in thinking like all, all the like green pies are made in wales you know the pies that we used to be yeah i think demand might have outstripped the welsh production capacity a while ago but they they originally were yeah yeah so you've got like orange pie banana pie there's some rock chip based ones right that's the cheap oh, competitor yeah. and the arms. I've certainly heard the, the banana pies. Mm. But no. Anyway, that was that was my interesting news item this week. I, I just wondered if you guys had seen that. Because I didn't have to I apologize and did not have time to look at the Discord. As I've said before, I can only deal with about three social media social networks at a time. And Discord didn't. Yeah, I mean I don't do Facebook, so I'm not I can't lay claim to a being completest either. To to be fair, you're amazing on the Discord, Stephen. You know, you, well, if you I cover that, be... someone else can cover Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, other than like, um, when like reblogging stuff, and maybe you get you get the odd post by Richard Warwick. Not much. I don't think happens on our, uh, you know, uh, Facebook. I'm not too sure. So should we do a quick rundown of the stories of the week, if you will? So where we, we are now on the 3rd of November. So since we last spoke, there was a bit of whiffle and waffle. One thing we didn't call out in the last show was this weird system where people were talking about using Express LRS to run, of all things, da, 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 evil noise, maveling. Um, yeah, so there was this concept here of running Express LRS. That's not good. And it was Too going small. to be bigger. Embiggen, Embiggen. And it was going to be running Too Maverick big. Protocol. Too big. Can't win. Can't win with you guys. Yeah, that'll do. Alternate monitor. Embiggen. So we're looking yeah. at a diagram. We're looking at a diagram, and the diagram is showing us a bunch of links. It's got arrows in each direction, and it shows you can run re your regular Express LRS at the top. So you've got your transmit to the, the receiver, and the receiver sends back telemetry. 
and then you take exactly the same hardware and flash a different version of the ExpressLRS firmware to it, and you can hook the ground station up via USB to a laptop. So if you've got a USB port in your TX module, instead of putting it in your OpenTX radio, you plug the USB into the port you choose for flashing, and you plug the other end into a laptop, and then on the uh, the air side, you take your RX and TX and just feed them into a UART, and then you can run any serial protocol over this. So you could run Mavlink and things like this. And if you're running a 2.4 gig system and you've got like 500 hertz capable hardware, you can get a good board rate. You basically, you're running uh, modem data over the telemetry and control link. So you probably want to be using 2.4. You could run your 900 stuff, but it's going to be lower bit rate. But you can get kind of, I think they said 19200 board is perfectly achievable and higher board is, is probably possible too. So you can get like basic Mavlink control of a UAV. And you could do it at, you know, 10, 20k range. So is this diagram suggesting you have two receivers, one for controlling, one for Mavlink, or is it just saying here's one exactly. way of doing it? Otherwise it's you basically- could use Mavlink all the way for control as well. Uh, you, yeah, I guess you could run Mavlink all the way for control if you were um, you had autonomous takeoff and you didn't need to kind of manually take off on land. You could absolutely just use the single one. Yeah, they're just saying the hardware that they've got for Express LRS is absolutely repurposable as a modem device instead of a regular receiver. You you can put a control signal through Mavlink as well, I believe. Yeah, I mean, Mavlink is kind of a control protocol, but it's just higher latency. It's more like, hey, hey, go over there, rather than left a bit, right a bit, up a bit, down a bit. Uh, Make me lab said, wouldn't playing old Silk Radio modules be much cheaper? Do not know what a Silk Radio is. It's a fair bit cheaper than Dragon Link, though, and it gets He's talking about the the 433 telemetry radios, which is what you'd normally have. So you'd have uh, basically 433 to one of your... Uh, MSP ports or something on your flight controller, which would normally be an RG How cheap is the silk type stuff? board. Um, not not too expensive, about like twenty quid either side, something like that. Yeah, so this is under twenty quid on the quad side or the the wing side, and probably about twenty quid on the ground side. They've they've got some good economies of scale. So the happy model. Uh, module that you'd be using on the ground side you can get one of those for a a hair over 20 quid you fr sky do one that's even cheaper i believe on about 15 quid and then on on the the wing or quad you'd want sort of something around the 15 17 pound mark so it's competitive i think i I don't know if you're on 433 you're going to get longer range but obviously you're going to be bandwidth compromised um I'm assuming you, you'd be able to run slightly higher board rates if you're on a 2.4 system and you're running uh, LoRa on it. Yeah. I mean, usually the, the the reason you're running this sort of telemetry radio, as you might call it, is because you've got it plugged into your computer and you're looking at like a live map about, you know, what's happening and where your right. next waypoint is and you might want to drag something over and say fly there instead. You're uploading entire missions at a time, things like that. Yeah, so it, it's it's not really, you know, where latency is, is usually a problem because you're like, go over there, come on, hurry up, go over there, press the button again, sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's cool to have, I think. 
and it could work on on four three three hardware as well. Express LRS actually started on four three three hardware. That was that was the origin of it. So yeah, that that was one. And then we had uh, some pretty crazy footage, which I'm not sure about showing, but like drone attacks by the Ukrainians on battleships in Crimea, which was kind of insane to watch. Um, sea and air vehicles basically overcoming battleship defenses by weight of numbers and just sending explosives into battleships. That was pretty intense. Um, might stay away from the war stuff here because it's uh, very much not a, a violence-based podcast, but it did make for some interesting viewing. All about the love and peace. But it's, it's all about the cool. love and peace. And then we, we had um, a weird little bug which has surfaced and people have drawn a bit more attention to recently. I, I caught this when Chris Rosser um, actually highlighted it and, and posted about this. And he posted the fact that there's not the same torque response in BL Heli 32 as there is in, well, ideal conditions or in, in other firmwares too. And this is a, a funky little thing that's come up recently. And some hay has been made over this recently with Chris coming out with a video. And let's just enhance, 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 enhance. You get to a certain size, it goes smaller. Anyway, so what you want is as Gross. you increase RPM, you want a small, a smooth torque curve. You want torque to like go up and follow a consistent pattern. But as you can see with BL Halley 32, it jumps around like a drunk man weaving down an alley. Um, oh, is this what you were talking about? Your BR Heli deep dives. Yeah, I was like, oh, AM32, it just feels smoother, and I don't know why, and whatever. It's probably just me, like, confirmation bias. And then I was like, oh, well, that's nice to know it's not confirmation bias, and they're actually, it actually just is smoother. And that's why I feel smoother. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's what was going on. When, when you're in BL Heli32 and you, you crank up the RPM, it kind of rushes to certain RPMs faster than other RPMs. It doesn't have a smooth increase of torque. Whereas if you look at AM32, that the torque response follows a much smoother plot. And he, he tried a whole bunch of scenarios, tried different ESCs. You see the Holy Bro Te Teco 32, it puts in a good showing. And it's clearly aiming for a certain curve, but it can't quite hit it. It's like just going into a low power state or something that's making it judder. So that's interesting. And I, I'm not... I don't want to be down on BL Heli 32, but they need to like develop this. They need to actually put some time into it. People are paying money for the product here, and it'd be nice to know that money was going into making it better. Whereas it just looks like the money is going into, you know, someone's little nest egg. I wonder I wonder how um Kissy SE's fare up on this. Yeah. I wonder, like Kiss 32s. That would be very interesting to see. Maybe this Chris very, could do a little demo. A very interesting thing to recognize, because if I had a slightly different response from one quarter to the other, I would kind of think, ah, oh, this is all about like the overall build, because it's not very often I'd have sort of similar hardware running. It would all be different, and I'd just be like, this is better than that one and stuff. So to recognize this, I suppose it's pretty easy if you build sort of Let's build the same sort of quads and put different ESC firmwares on and see how it responds would be a, a decent way. Apparently, Otherwise, I would have never even thought about it. Apparently, it's being influenced by the low power, uh, low RPM power projection. Like some of this, it's, it's trying to save your FETs from blowing, but it does it in a very on-off, like non-smooth way. 
it, it just goes protection mode, not protection mode, protection mode, not protection mode, instead of slowly easing you out of protection mode as you go up. So you, you get these kind of the sense that maybe there should be a peak around here, but it's just crushed the peak, except it hasn't uniformly crushed it or smoothly crushed it. It's just kind of gone, oops, limit, and then, no, it's okay, oops, limit, and smooshed it down again. It's like a, in, in audio stuff, a really like overly aggressive noise gate or something, and people are just like losing fragments of words out of the middle of sentences, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. That stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, showing my age now, but um, do you remember the uh, TBS Power Cube or whatever it was with like the the, the stacks that you could build up and up and up? I almost yeah, bought one of them. I think they're still selling them. Yeah, and like, I think one of their power rails runs through like the brass standoffs or something. But Mister Steel said uh, to Trappy, like, oh. I want like you know lower like idle speeds and stuff, and that's really the only time that anything got implemented. And you remember like BL Heli, it was you know it was quite a fast startup rather than like a you've got things like Smooth Start and stuff now, and you know like nothing's really been sort of like done with. That since, like, I'm wondering if that, like, you know, his progress just stopped. Regardless, well, where is the feedback? You know, other than this ticket was kind of unique because I really don't see anyone at all actually providing feedback to to BL Heli. Mm. We've got Blue Jay doing their thing and AM32 kind of doing their thing. AM32 is kind of weird because people use it a lot in crawlers, and crawlers are obsessed with like smooth running motors at low RPMs. So I do wonder if they got a lot of their attention to that detail through the crawler community and not quads at all. Crawler guys really don't like it when they get these like jerky motions. They want that slow application of force. And if the wheel sticks, then they don't want it to just suddenly like burn rubber. They want it to slowly just increase the torque until it creeps its way out of the obstacle. Yeah. I guess I guess that's the difference because for most people flying quads. There's there's not much consideration about what the ESC is doing other than like what do I said it to D shot six hundred does it fly yes and unless you get into the sort of minutiae of tuning and thinking oh this throttle response is a bit weird what's going on there um, it I feel I feel it's unlikely to come up unless something is more obviously wrong when it's something quite subtle and small and it's just like this doesn't feel quite as good as my other quad does why is yeah. that but it's then it's really hard to pin down. And you've really got to make the effort to hunt that sort of stuff down, haven't you? It's not it's yeah. not something that you could like, listen to this. It's not like, you know, something horrendous is happening. It's kind of a nice sign of software maturity that we are getting to the point where people are looking for those those smaller gains now. It's not the kind of broken, not broken. It's like, let's just make it a little bit nicer. Mm -hmm. And it feels like there's a bit of maturity there, which is nice. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Um, yeah. I had a question in the chat. Uh which I feel I can answer, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry for tailspin. 
for being a big nerd and being sciencey. I apologize, but I'm just going to answer this one science related question. Curry's a default scumbag as well. The tyranny of the default. That's what they call it. Yeah, default apart from the rates. That's it. It's like, does it fly? Great. Let's do it. I haven't got time for this tuning lark. So, RC link negotiation, because uh, I happen to have like put put my oar in here, so I feel I should talk about it. RC link negotiation handshake bug. So this was a thing where Crossfire was, they tried to move from Crossfire to Crossfire V2 to CRSF V3, like better, faster, more precision, super deluxe. Yeah, great. Except Crossfire V3 implemented some auto-negotiation stuff. And that auto-negotiation stuff backfired a wee bit because it turned out that things kind of got stuck in an auto-negotiation loop without settling on either state. Which meant that you were flying along and your receiver was busy not sending data to the flight controller, but trying to decide with the flight controller what speed it should communicate at. And you really didn't want this to be happening while you were flying. Um, but, But it tended to happen a couple of releases back um it happened largely because there wasn't a, a sufficient number of test pilots running the crs v3 stuff before it got thrown out to the wider community so it has got looked at now it has been studied people have been flying it a while and if you move up to the latest crossfire firmware then it, it should negotiate correctly that's not to say it's a perfect state um, I think really people want the negotiation to be something that users have to actually enable because a lot of the time for GPS and stuff, you negotiate to make it easier to set up. Well, your crossfire wasn't broken to start with. So why are you negotiating anything, right? It should just fall to the working state. And if you want to tweak and optimize and noodle at it, that should probably be something you actively enable. But a lot of users seem to have seen success with it that way. So for the for the most part, I think if you're running it now, you run beta flight four four nightlies, or you hit the four four RCs that are about to drop, you should have no issues with that. Um, but you do want to be careful on older releases because there definitely was some problem where you enabled CRSF v three to get some other benefits, but you got auto negotiation, and auto negotiation just caused everything to blow up on you. End of story enough nerding no no it's cool it's cool i did wonder about that cross 5 v3 you know i think we uh i think we had enough trouble with cross 5 v2 at one point you know it, it just felt like uh there was a select group of pilots who knew exactly what they were doing and they got it to work in their use case but when it went out to the wider crowd it became clear that it hadn't really been tested enough I don't, yeah. I know. Do you think that's only going to get worse from Express LRS being even more popular now? I think Express like, LRS are absolutely aware of those protocols. And what they're trying to do is enter into a, a better dialogue with TBS so that they can pile some of their community's experience into, into TBS's products as well and, mm. and not just... With TBS, they obviously they're testing in secret because they're a private company, and then they have to kind of announce public, it's done, right? Everyone, go use this. Whereas with Express LRS, there's the testing is in public, so they can take that public testing and say, look, yeah, these people ended up in trees or had flyaways or whatever because. 
don't work uh, and they can you know, provide that feedback to to tbs i'm i don't think there's a question of right and wrong here it's just you know people should knowledge share and and help each other out mm. It's quite nice that Express LRS isn't a commercial entity because they have no problem sort of sharing their experiences with commercial entities. So this worked, this didn't work for us. Go with it what you like. Carl C's got another question for you. Is ER ELRS running at full strength or is it still settling in? Ask Carl C. With regards to what? I mean, this board rate negotiation thing, there's room. So TBS runs 400k 420k by default if you run kiss it dials it down to 400k crsf v3 negotiates up to two megabit two mega board right but the elrs kit has the ability to run up to like 5.25 mega board so it can kind of go a bit faster than some of the legacy crossfire receivers just got newer hardware so it's able to do that um so I think there's the opportunity to run a little bit farther. It, it's in, into incremental gains now for the most part. It's good. Um, it works pretty well for PWM use cases. I've got six-channel PWM receiver. I've got a wing that I'm going to be putting a PWM receiver into, which is interesting. So, yeah, I think it, it's looking fairly mature. How, how it integrates stuff like this airport stuff where you're running a modem is still kind of a dangling thread that needs to be answered because people have been asking for Mavlink since forever. Um, it's 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 not done, done, but it feels like most of the low-hanging fruit is grabbed at this point. It, it is interesting that Mavlink comes up, just given that I, I don't want to go on and on about a single point, but I'll, I'll mention this bit because they didn't want to do SBUS because SBUS is like done technology. But one might say that Mavlink is a bit old and fuddy-duddy. It, it, it's a bit wordy. It's a very, I think, over-engineered protocol, which is just like, here's loads of stuff. It's almost too much to fit into the idea of like low latency, high Does speed. Does have an XML schema? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely got a schema of some sort, hasn't it? It's, it's of that it's, generation, it's, yeah. It's a great big document, I think, yeah. So it's, has, it's um, interesting. Has, has Traffy done that on purpose? Four twenty. Yeah, four twenty k. It could yeah. well be. But why, I but know, Kiss yeah. doesn't run at four twenty k. Kiss is four hundred because it's a good boy. Yeah. Sorry. I, just, <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that little. That's that's what was running through my mind when you but said yeah, it. Yeah, TBS the, the only vendor to include weed grinders in their repertoire. I mean. Hey man, they have a sense of humour. Yeah. Kudos to them. Yeah, I just, I just think it's probably. Uh, oh, we, we've made this. We're running at four, four hundred. Like, can you do four twenty? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Hey, Clive, right. how so, you doing? If you can fit it's a pun in, do it. Very bad weather this week. So instead of flying because I uh, wasn't able to, I, I found an interesting video which I'd like to share with you guys. Who here has been fascinated by ornithopters? Because I know I have. And I saw this one this week. This is actually from a couple of months old. And it's just so good. This 
actually properly looks like a bird. If you do a close-up of its wings, which is going to show you, it has this kind of unique folding wing thing, which looks yeah. very much like a it's proper flexes. falcon just flying. Oh, wow. It feels it's like it's grabbing handfuls of air. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it, it shows this rapid turning Amazing. test. This guy's written like a paper on it, which I couldn't even access because you have to be like, are you a member of the university? It, it just looks absolutely special. And I've Carry always been fascinated by oh, these guys. Wow. Just look at but, that. But uh, the skills of building one seems very, very, in, well, very awkward. Very it interesting. looks so I, responsive. A lot of them, yeah. the old ones, they'd just be robotically hammering their just wings flapping, up and down. Just hammering mm. their wings and just moving their tail around. But this thing looks like it's a proper bird. It looks like it every turning stroke of the wings is considered and is responding to the flight dynamics. Like it's grabbing the air and moving through it. Ah, yeah. and it tucks one side to sink. Did you notice? That's what yeah. you mean yeah, yeah. by tuck. Ah. And you can you can just probably put it in a, a, a glide and stuff. Oh mate, Ooh. look at that! That's some batwhack man right there. God, all you need is is a bird poop dispenser, paint this yeah. seagull colour, and you can just do some terrorising. Pull a tipex on people from two hundred feet. Fantastic. Oh, I've yes. always like said, oh, I'm going to build one of these, and then I tried looking for documentation, and I was like. No. Whoa, this is really complicated. It's like, I, I have to say, if you've ever heard one, it, it sounds like something's going to die because it's literally this circular motion converted into flapping wings. Who's but the that's guy got who's some proper intelligence behind it. Open um, dog, you know, like the. Oh, yeah, oh. James Brutton or something. He tried to build one. He, he didn't get. He didn't have that much success. He managed to get the thing flapping and throwing it into it the ground. It doesn't do times. dynamic gate, does it? How do you His spell or no, It does static gate. O R M. Hang on. Let me type it in the comment for you. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yes. Oh, it's Bruton, not Burton. I just rephrased that in my head. I noticed with his walking robots... The one thing that they didn't do was they they have like a statically stable gate, but they don't do like a dynamically stable gate, which means it's like a drunk person walking where you move one leg and then you make sure you haven't fallen over and then you move the other leg and make sure you haven't fallen over. Whereas what real people do when they move is they kind of preserve momentum while you're walking right and you're falling forward continually basically you're never stable if you stop walking you would fall over sorry yeah i mean if he can't do it and he's a genius he's good at making but i do wonder about very good at at making certain things he's really good at inverse connect inverse kinetics which i saw his video and i was like man i haven't yeah Kinematics, thank you. I haven't done this much trigonometry since O levels. This is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get my head around this. That's and a horrible like... word for something that is really simple. It's like how do you yeah. get from point A to point B with an arm? Exactly. But he he hasn't really done any flying stuff before, so maybe maybe it's not just him. But he he went with a very simple approach of I put motor on, I flap wings back and forward. He didn't really think about how wings work in lift. Uh, and, and and things like that. I felt he was just more about getting the wings flapping, 
how much power can we put this thing? How can we balance this out? And let me just throw it and see what happens as opposed yeah. to trying to sort of work out a more sort of dynamic way of doing things. It kind of makes yeah. me wish that Tom Stanton had some sort of, you know, would do something wrong. So he had to do some public, you know, service work and he could come teach us idiots about stuff. I'd love for Tom Stanton to come on, do some pro bono work, you know, community service. Be like, now explain to these guys trigonometry. And it, didn't he ever go ornithopters? So, yeah, I'd, I'd love for him to come on. Yeah. You can, like, see the different levels of robotics in those clips, though, from that basic, like, flap as fast as you can on a thopter to one where mm. it's considering the impact of each movement and it's just doing the movements it needs to do. And one of them, it's like, just smash at the air as hard as we can to try and stay afloat. And, and the other, it's like, right, we're, we're considering each of these movements and we're thinking about the way it impacts our trajectory every time. Yeah, it's it's almost to the fact that, like, dumbing it down, it's like, here's a plane and you've got two ailerons. Normally, you'd have the single control, which would do the reverse on each. But actually, what if we consider each wing individually and have a control for each one specially? And that's kind of the level yeah. of stuff they've done with wings. You could so buy nice. an ornithopter, uh, but it well, was... You could buy kids' toys, yeah. Yeah, it was controlled oh, yeah. by um, your mobile phone. It was awful. Yeah, and you, you, can, you can buy proper commercial ones, but they are pretty expensive, and they are so niche that there's not much on it. There's If you look on YouTube, you'll find this like one Japanese guy who seems to be in charge of the oh, whole he's of the world doing just yeah. staggering things and things that look like birds uh, and fly like birds, make and he all. just keeps cranking them out. But mm. this isn't the same as like some, you know, RTF ornithopter from Banggood for 100 quid. It, this just doesn't happen. I think it's like the difference just, between lace making and tracksuits. Yeah. I feel this, this is maybe I'm interested in this because I'm always looking at a way around, like going to the park and flying something without somebody like, oh, you can't fly that here. It's like, it's not me. It's just a bird. I'm not doing nothing. Did you see the EDF powered seagulls? Yeah. No, that sounds like somebody might like. Why are those seagulls jet powered? I'm confused. <laughs> why are those seagulls like screaming? <laughs> <laughs> why can I only fly for three minutes and then dive to the ground? <laughs> they were impressively fast. It looked like a seagull, and then you're like, wait a minute, that that's going way too fast, way too fast. Mm. I I have seen. I I kind of wanted to get. Um, there's been these like um, foam planes that looks like sort of like eagles for for a while from from places like Bangor and AliExpress, and I always wanted to fly them. If where I fly, I, I'm often like buzzed to buy sort of buzzers and things checking me out. And uh, I, I I met this guy walking along once, and he said, um, "Oh, occasionally we get golden eagles come over from like the Isle of Wight here, and that's when you have to watch out for your dog." because I'll just swoop down and get it. I was like, ah, oh, if I was flying a model eagle around there, I wonder if this other eagle would come and swipe me out of the sky. Wouldn't that be interesting? And then uh, I thought that would be actually quite bad, because then I'd just be in bits and pieces and not be happy. There you go. And these are the things I think of. Eeks. That sounds terrifying. I was going to dig out some... Um, some fr sky news but i'm just struggling to find the post 
So we've got we've got we've got a a pro and con on FR Sky. If your Um, mic's turned off or it's it's so sensitive that you being a few inches away for it, it's not working. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it's working. All right, so we've got a couple of FR Sky items. One, FR Sky have released a radio to the muted fanfare of this might work with Express RS if anyone can be bothered to help us. Um, (laughs) They released a post which pretty much went down like a like a damp fart, um, saying that we've got a radio out and it could work with Express LRS. So yeah, great. And it does ethos and yeah, it's all great and it's color and it's touchscreen, it's amazeballs. And then um it turns out they hadn't actually told any of the Express LRS developers about this or warned them that they were going to announce this or engage them in any way to make sure it would actually work. So the comment thread was just like the most senior Express LRS devs piling in going, what are you chatting about, mate? <laughs> First one, then the other, and then the other. Um, which wasn't a great look. Um, I think it probably will work eventually, but we might want to wait on the hook for HTX to support it and just basically take the nice FR Sky hardware with their shiny touchscreen and decent chassis and put totally different software on it. Um, so that that was a misstep in the line of great missteps but they've also released something quite interesting in their um their support of hd0 which is that fr sky are now apparently making a bunch of hd0 kit not just the radio i think we might have mentioned that the radio is going to come with an hd0 screen at the top so that you can do you can do FPV on it, but they're they're selling apparently standalone FR Sky HD zero monitors. So if you want to get in on that for a bit of wing action, or bolt it to whatever radio you want to bolt it to, you can now get the standalone um, HD zero monitor. So yeah, that's neat, and that's from Frank FR Sky. Show me this. Yeah, yeah. But it's got a. a- HDMI out as well, isn't it? It does, yes. We can. Well, you maybe can't see it there. So, but yeah, if we look at the uh, the monitor here, you can see you've got an XT60 for power, you've got a DC power, and you've also got an HDMI output jack here as well. So, at a push, if you wanted to use it most of the time as a screen, and then you know stand very close to it and not move your head too fast so as to not pull the HDMI plug out, you, you could use this as a as a goggle device as well. Interesting. It, it's kind of weird. It, is this free sky just grasping at straws and there's not many straws around, so they're trying to do what they can? Because right. it's kind of like yeah. they seem to have, have like, oh, don't worry about all those quad people. Let's try and get ourselves into the the US like, circuit and uh, yeah. and get them. But it's not like... The, the sort of traditional model clubs of America are really doing much in FPV generally. This is this is normally your, your line of sight stuff, isn't it? It's just maybe they're just trying to you know throw stuff and see what sticks and try and well, jump. Apparently, boomers are notoriously profligate with their money and throwing throwing it around. So FR Sky has decided that's what they're going to get. They get a bunch of boomers to give mm. them their money. Well, you know, glasses wearers, you know. Or people who yep. fly line of sight mainly, but want to partake in the odds, you know, like FPV, like look over and glance at it. 
Yeah. Or maybe if you're doing a multi-rotor with like a giant sort of 20 kilo multi-rotor, mm. like that could be a useful upgrade to move away from analog. Feels like uh, they're establishing a different identity for themselves. Like we're watching FR Sky right now completely metamorphosed into a different company. Very interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Who knows what they're going to look like after they've done this, and and who knows how long their target audience is going to be around to enjoy their products. But, yeah, they're trying to basically take on Spectrum and, and all those guys. Yeah, so Spectrum really in the running? Yeah, yeah. If, if you look at, as Caroline said, flying wing clubs only recognize TXs that say Spectrum. It's it's pretty much, it's like there's this ingrained radio, as, as far as I understand it, in a club. This is what we fly here. We fly these radios. So if someone new comes along, They'll simply say, oh, yeah, you're welcome to join here. We'll teach you how to fly by one of these radios. We'll plug you in our trainer port and we'll sort you out. So if, if FreeSky managed to get themselves in these clubs where spending lots of money on radios is considered fairly normal, then um, that, that gives them a whole new market. Because I think, well, I think they've lost us. Well, it's a race to the bottom, they never isn't Were FR Sky ever going to compete with Jumper and Radio Master? I don't think they were ever interested in that competition of producing 100-pound, 200-pound radios. They didn't want to be involved in that game. Yeah. I mean, the, the the video that you sent me to watch where, you know, like the, the sales representative, you could just kind of – it just kind of crawled all about, you know. It was just like real sort of, you know, key of – you know, we're, we're selling and we're just trying to offer an, a different option, you know, and it's like, oh, come off it. You just, you know, you're just done with us and you want to you wanna lock down, you know, what you're selling and make sure you're making money off the... Yeah. The well, they had a market that loved them. They had a market that loved them and they weren't willing... To, to actually like work with their customer base to go the direction the customers wanted them to do. They wanted to just move on to something more lucrative. And as a company, I can absolutely understand the motivation for that. But as an individual, I don't really want anything to do with a business that behaves like that. Mm. Do you reckon it's because Bruce upset them? And, you know, they were, oh, they were done with He us. was on point in that video. I don't know if you watched it all the way through, but he was calling them out on like how they used to be called Frisky and things like this and all, all the clone parts yeah. that they were producing themselves. And yeah, he was especially effective. I wouldn't have liked to be on the other end of his questions. Yeah, but I'm, I'm more talking about like, you know, he was sent to like, you know, he sent, sent stuff to review and then he kind of, you know, he, he he sort of, you know, killed off on on way and everything else, and I just think, you know, was he a bit, bit, you know, he he too like savage? Came, I don't know. He came to heads with them, and then as soon as that happened, they didn't like him. And I'm wondering if they kind of went, you know, we're done with him, and we're done with, you know, the quad community along with him. You know, I think I there's know. definitely an attitude of constant improvement where kind of f- for the money that we yeah. spend, we do demand a lot. 
for the multi-rotor quad community just constantly saying no needs to be better needs to be faster we know what the chips can do make the chips run at their full potential and that's the constant like why are you leaving this performance on the table why are you doing that whereas i think the wing community is like oh wow this is amazing i'm like 500 meters away and i'm still flying wow that's you know that's much easier goal to meet than someone who's like this is this is annoying i i've got observable jitter in my control signal i demand that you fix this within the week um you know it's it's a lot it's a lot tougher to to work with someone like that yeah uh caroline did make you laugh his local ex-mayor thinks he's an absolute gem yeah it's true like you know uncle oh you know i'm a fan of uncle bruce but you know i think it's because we are you know because we're new to the table you know roughly of like fpv we've come here and we're looking at it with fresh eyes and like as a new sort of like new hobby and we want more and we're aware that technology has a lot to offer and mm. you know we've you know we've we've come along and stuff's like you know we're like we've got new batteries technology and we're in you know inspired and eager with, with and, planes i get the sense that the, the building is like very intricate and careful but it stops at the plane itself whereas with a lot of quad multi-rotor users there the building includes caring about the pcbs that go into flight control caring about the pcbs that go into your rx into the radio people are making custom radios like i follow a bunch of threads where people are building their own handsets sometimes they scavenge boards out of old radios but sometimes they're building handsets entirely from scratch they take an arduino an oled a bunch of gimbals from uh, from jumper or something and and put an express lrs module that they've soldered together themselves in there and they're building the radio so that concept of making your model isn't just gluing together the, the airframe and attaching motors it goes mm-hmm. deeper it goes into not how can we make a better airframe but how can we make a better solution from my fingers to the air mm. you know end to end carries like i don't give a sh- I've, yeah, I've never heard of mind. people doing that be fair but um i i would say look that the handset thread express lrs discord look at the weird things or, that people 3d print although Show everybody seems to be on sort of doing a lot more and and caring a lot more about quads at the moment it, if you just look back at the start of fpv and it was all fixed wing it was very much picking carefully components and because people were flying on four free free links it was like oh watch out what what's what's the ground noise look like and we have to put this there and this there and people are getting amazing distances oh, i haven't seen any no of this way. stuff this is weird holy crap man this is this is actually <laughs> a really? thing this is a thing yeah holy i'm just scrolling through the last couple of weeks stuff here like it does feel like board. it's like a board from one thing and then like gimbals and switches from another and then a 3d printed body it, it's kind of like Oh, that's, we're just, we're just making the shell ones. we want. There are more. Um, How deep does it go? Like, I want to see balls to the wall. That's, so that's an X-Lite replacement board, including the, the pots for an X-Lite that, that goes in there. That is, that is minimalist it. radio there. So that takes an X-Lite and straight up slaps Express LRS in, and it, it slaps it in by replacing the... Um, also the, the bodge the wires... 
I don't know. This this isn't the nice one. I'm sure Pirate would complain. There's a there's a guy here called uh oh, that's that's more uh, that's a better explained picture. The resist have they moved the resistor? I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember what the E twenty eight E twenty eight is the uh that's the the actual board with the SX twelve eighty built in, I think. Yeah. The Varum board that has everything on it. Resistor position. See, I, I'm very much with Richard on this one. It's like, okay, there's a lot of really, really good radios which don't cost much. The obsessional nature of making your own radio seems too obsessional even for me who speaks of someone who's quite obsessed with things. It's it's weird and interesting. I find the actual full-on custom ones, but I'll just leave this up there for a second. This is this is truly insane. People go to extreme lengths, just put custom gimbals in stuff. I mean, I've put some custom gimbals in, but not really tried to ram them. I've seen people do anodized aluminium stuff. How about one of them? Oh, the JCB try. I don't know. It feels like we're on Spinal Tap saying, well, this goes up to 11. Lurgy. <laughs> so you can't get the gimbals you want for your cheap jumper radio. Well, why not print a mould out of anodized aluminium and, and sit it in there so you can fit the gimbals in? All you need to do is pay someone to like center a bunch of metal for you. Easy peasy. Well, yeah, that's, that's definitely more expensive than buying several radios yeah and that's for like a hundred quid radio (laughs) okay now man people have got the wrong priorities well yeah but you could have bought an ornithopter for all this instead winds you up well yeah could have oh this is a good one check this like and oh they found a uh, pistol grip with an arduino no that's that's pretty tame compared to like you know, getting a bunch of sand and mold, you know, like a furnace and molding your own two gimbals. <laughs> <laughs> it looks you pretty know. cool though. Digging Actually, the ore yourself. A, a comment I received from somebody about how you could never find like a, a car radio, the old pistol grip and steering that like ran OpenTX or uh, Express LRS. It just doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah, yeah okay. Why are his gimbals like side mount? Does he hold his radio like this? And I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. So this is someone. Uh, it comes down to ergonomics. So a lot of the people that build these have real annoyances about the ergonomics of radios. So what someone's done here is they've taken a jumper T light, and they've decided that ergonomically, what they want is the throttle to actually track the. The joints of their thumb when they're holding their fingers up like this they want up to be diagonal because that feels more correct when they hold the radio with their elbows out so they've built a radio where they can stick their elbows out and up now becomes towards the center of the radio a bit i, I don't buy this it, there's something wrong with this guy it, it looks like he's created a radio that like, i really like the shape of random rocks and this is what i want from my hulk. radio now this is this is like anti-ergonomics <laughs> he's just 
<laughs> this is how I like to hold my radio. <laughs> and then he just like eats gravel. There is no right. There is only opinion. I do. Yeah. I, I do. I like to warn you that maybe some people do have a disability and yeah. have no choice. Like, like Ben Heck, you know, where he's making the one hand controllers. But well, that's know. absolutely fine. But that 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 does not look like that's going to be holdable for anybody that that has. This is some pretty hardcore stuff. That's cute, as far as I'm concerned. They've taken like the smallest possible chassis with the biggest possible gimbals and gone. We can make this work. This is hilarious. <laughs> I've, I've yeah. seen some one-handed flyers actually just using standard radios, basically holding it sideways. Yeah, GoPro strapped one to One stick body, like this, one yeah. stick like this, which looks pretty incredible. I do I think love it all the looks OLED good screen. until you realise that the power button isn't quite straight. Everything else looks it's not, perfect. It's off center as well. Why isn't it in the middle? They just made it a little bit straighter. I think that's, that's, that's where not the battery pleasing goes to the eye at all. I know. Don't. Don't know. Can't get behind that one. Oh, man. Right. So <laughs> that is all we've got time for. Uh, if you're part of the Patreon, um, which our lovely Patreons keep us, uh, keep this show ad free there's no mid rolls there's no hopefully there's no adverts at all and you could just sit here enjoy this for an hour laugh at us um you know the the lovely people at patreon down there donate so if you're listening to this on itunes the editor uh beeps out everything tidies it up gets rid of uh incriminating evidence Etc. Etc. And you get to listen to a really clean. Oh God! I think we found Stephen's little fetish. <laughs> he even built himself a rotating stand to show it off. That's the saddest. This is thing. me. This is someone who's even more obsessed with cheap yellow radios than I am. Oh my God! We need to discuss this on a bonus podcast. Anyway, you've been listening <laughs> to Let's Drone Out, and you've been joined by everyone's favorite curry kitten. Goodbye. Every every man's favourite DIY yourself a radio fetish. Stephen? Cheers. Bye. Do you like it because it's yellow and it has a yellow OLED? I do like yellow. I'd, I'd also like to say this podcast brought to you by Very Vanilla Stout, a delicious stout. Yeah, no worries. Um, I won't be here next week because I've got the whole wedding thing. So I'll let you know if uh, I've upset everyone with my best man speech. You know. All right. So. If you're in jail, just call us after the podcast. Yep. Better kill Sal. And um, go follow the link in the chat. Richard Warwick's got it. Or go to Bright Until I Fly uh, on YouTube if you want to watch my video that the lovely Cole has edited uh thank you guys thanks for everyone good night telemetry lost